listening to Stokely and Zach on Denver Sports Station, 104.3 The Fan. So last night, I about fell out of my chair. And it was Mike Kliss's doing. Oh, Kliss! Our guy, Mike Kliss, Broncos Insider, 9 News. Mike, Vance Joseph potentially returning to the Broncos as defensive coordinator? What in the world? Again, like, it's probably the 10th, 12th thing this offseason you can file under just things that you didn't see coming. Yeah, it's... uh not really sure where Sean Payton is. I know Ian uh, Rappaport is saying that uh, Rex Ryan is the favorite, and and I have heard Rex Ryan is is definitely uh, strongly up there. But uh, in the meantime, you know, it's uh, they interviewed Chris Richard uh, recently, as in maybe yesterday, and they want to interview Vance Joseph, who's been the coordinator since he left here, since he got fired as head coach in eighteen. He spent the last four years with Arizona as a defensive coordinator, and he ran the defense there. And with Jonathan Gannon being the head coach uh, there, he would it figures that he would run the defense as as you know that's where his background is. That's where he was with the Eagles the last few years. So um, you know, for it, 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 if Fant stays, it's kind of a demotion of sorts because he wouldn't be calling the defense uh, or at least overseeing it like he was. So there's a possibility um, there's going to shake out maybe today whether or not he would be allowed to interview. He's still under contract for a year or two with the Cardinals. But, yeah, the Broncos want to interview him for that D.C. job. Mike, uh, rumor going around town uh, last night or the night before, uh, Garrett Bowles was going to be traded or is on the trading block. What would you make of that? Uh yeah, I mean, I checked into it, and uh, I was told that that's not going to happen. Um, the one, the contractually, you know, you can see where maybe uh, um, that that two and two could have been put together because he's he's uh, not guaranteed. His fourteen million is not guaranteed this year, and uh, he's he's got two million guaranteed because he was hurt, and he won't be uh, he won't be able to clear his physical by March. So he has $2 million of that fourteen guaranteed. So whenever that happens, whenever a veteran's making big money in the contracts, not guaranteed, you remember those days, Stoke, you're always vulnerable, um, you know, to, to some type of transaction or, or, or move. And, and so that's maybe where it came together. But uh, the Broncos need a right tackle. It looks like they're going to need a left guard if they don't bring back Dalton Reisner. It looks like Reisner will hit the market. It would just be really difficult to uh, replace three offensive linemen, especially a left tackle who's pretty good when he's healthy. So, uh, no, I'm thinking, you know, the Broncos put out the word that uh, he is not on the trading block, and it makes sense not to trade him. Mike, Baron Browning, or excuse me, excuse me, excuse me, not Baron Browning, Draymond Jones. What is yeah. what is next? The Broncos have a real decision to make with him. Do you have any lean on how this could go? You know, I think uh, I think they do want to uh, re-sign him. I think they've they've tried to to re-sign him. I think they've made him. Uh, I'm not positive, but uh, 
you know, I've heard various things about uh, offers being made. And, um, you know, his market, the thing is, Draymond Jones's market with the transition tag, or I mean the uh, franchise tag, is uh, $18.9, $19 million a year. And uh, that, you know, I don't think the Broncos are quite that high with Draymond Jones. Uh, I, I think they're pretty high, but uh, they haven't got it done. There's still a lot of time. There's no sense. Here it is, uh, February, and you've got three and a half weeks to free agency. Um, you know, it doesn't make sense to take a deal now or accept a deal now uh, when you can push a deadline and get, you know, put feet to the fire. So Draymond will either get done uh, that Monday before free agency or he'll hit the market two days later. And uh, it'll probably depend on what a, if there's another team or two that's out there trying to sign him. But it'll be somewhere, I, you know, I, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if Draymond comes back for $15 million. I wouldn't be surprised if he hits the market to try to hit 19 and $20 million. That's kind of where it's at between the two. Yeah, it'd be interesting. Um, Mike, what, what's the latest on, besides the defensive coordinator, which we touched on, latest on the coaching uh, searches, uh, special teams coach, who's going to be, you know, entitled the offensive coordinator? Do you have any updates on those? Well, um, Mike Westoff, I had been hearing as maybe a special teams coordinator consultant, and uh, he tweeted out today that he's on his way in to see an old friend. He was a special teams coordinator for Rex Ryan with the Jets and for uh, Sean Payton with the Saints a couple of years in the past. He's 75, so I would think it would be a senior consultant-type uh, situation with him. Uh, and someone else would come in as a special teams coordinator. Uh, the offensive coordinators, uh, you know, I've heard Joe Lombardi at, at some offensive role, whether it's quarterbacks coach or offensive coordinator. Uh, you have um, – uh, you know, uh, Ronald Curry also interviewed. I, I think Sean Payton is, uh, you know, he said he's been slow to hire. He's been deliberate uh, and to the point that, you know, I, I, <laughs> you know, I think he's, you know, maybe on a couple positions he's really struggled with uh, who to hire. You know, it's not been one guy. You know, got to get this guy. He's considered a couple, and he's, and he's liked a couple of these candidates, and he's really given them a lot of thought. So, uh, you know, um, uh, a couple names I heard that, uh, um, you know, that Marcus Dixon, who was defensive line coach, and Christian Parker, DB coach. I've said that before. I think the Broncos uh, are, you know, would like to retain him. We'll see how that goes. Dejero Everall probably wants both of them uh, in Carolina. So uh, there's still some things to shake out. You know, I was thinking this whole thing would be finished by the end of the week because the combine starts right a week from a week from Monday, and you got to get your staff in place by the combine. So if not this week, I, I guess you could go into next week. That's cutting it a little close. Yeah, uh, this is um, this is dragged out a little bit. I, I'm, I'm not worried about it, but I'm kind of like a little bit a little bit anxious. I guess you could say, um, Mike. Before we let you go here, Jeremy Fowler. This past week, okay. er, earlier in the week, rather, assessing okay. assessing 2023 NFL head coaching hires uh, says George Payton is well regarded in the building despite a few missteps. But the buzz around the league 
is Sean Payton wants to reunite with Saints vice president and assistant GM Jeff Ireland. And that affects the George Payton dynamic. Haven't heard enough people talk about this. Jeremy Fowler is a well-respected reporter, not just floating this out there for the sake of doing so. What do you make of that? You know, I think that's reporting rumor. Um, I mean, I've heard that rumor. Uh, um, who Who is the guy? Ryan Pace. With the Bears, you know, he was with the Saints and Sean Payton. Uh, you know, that that's what people do. They automatically link up uh, one guy with the people they've had in the past. And it's logical to do that. But um, as far as I, I know right now, and, I, you know, I've heard the Tim Ireland stuff too. And, um, but, I, you know, I haven't reported it because, you know, I don't, for at least right now, I don't think it's going to happen. I think they're going down the path with George Payton and, and Sean Payton working together on this. That's the way Greg Penner uh, wants it and has it set up. And um, if Tim Ireland happens down the road, uh, you know, a year from now, well, you know, that's just uh, conjecture and, and, and a hypothetical. But for right now, it's uh, George Payton and Sean Payton working together here uh you know, through this season anyway, you're always year to year, right? Yep. You're yep. always year to year in the NFL. That's right. And, um, but that, that's the plan for now. George Payton and Sean Payton. Mike, uh, you uh, playing hurt today? Yeah, get better, man. A little uh, bit under the weather? Yeah, I, I, Fighting through I've it? I've been battling. I've been, that's I've what been, you do. I've been battling here this You're a battler. I don't know what the deal is. All right. All right. <laughs> get better, buddy. All right, Mike. Thank you, man. Right, man. Thanks for Thank coming on. All right. All right. There's uh, Mike Kliss, our nine news Broncos insider. Um, Interesting stuff there. I don't think any of us believe that George Payton's going to be shown the door immediately. No. But it's Some about... Some people were speculating maybe after the draft, yes. right? Yes. I don't believe that. I think he's going through the whole year, and he's got a full year um, under his belt. And then you evaluate, and then that's when the Jeff slash Tim uh, <laughs> Ireland uh, might come into play. But not this year, I right? And I, we're on the same page there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I was I was considering could George Payton be let go after the draft, but when Sean Payton comes in and says, "I'm not some tyrant," you know, I just don't think you can say that. And then turn around and fire your general manager after the draft. If you want to, you can. Yeah, I guess. sure you can. Zach. But but you, you, you can already fire him for cause right now. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I I think we're this is going to be the setup here for, for at least uh, through the through the football season. Okay, uh, good stuff there from Mike. Uh, clearly a battle in the cold there. We appreciate him coming on. Should we expect a different approach to addressing one major position group in April's draft? Take a dive into that coming up next. It's Stokely and Zach on Denver Sports Station, 104.3 The Fan. All-Star Weekend is this weekend uh, in the NBA, which they like they they like pump up their All-Star Weekend. They make it like a 
a deal. Some other leagues try to. Football has failed miserably. Did you watch any, any Pro Bowl festivities or anything? No. Not one play. Not one play. Not one play of the flag football thing. Um, I saw, like, highlights of it, and Peyton was getting upset that Eli took a knee at the end of the game. And that was against the rules. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but I did not. Uh, I did not watch any of it, no. Well, you speak for us both. For the first time ever, at least in my adult life, I didn't watch a second of it. No no contest, no festivity, no it did nothing. good ratings, though. Got like over 6 million Over ratings. 6 million people watched it. I mean, it was so they're going to keep doing it. Yeah. So it was down 6%. The fact that you can be down 6% and still draw over 6 million people. In a flag football game? Come on. just not that entertaining to watch? No. People just worship the NFL. Uh, hockey's came and went. Didn't watch a second of it. Um, you know, I watched our, no hockey either. Our guy Drew uh, here is a massive hockey fan, like obsessed. He's like, I, I didn't watch a second of it either. Um, will you watch any of the NBA stuff? Nah. Even the All-Star game itself? No, I won't watch the All-Star. That, that to me is not entertaining. I might watch the three-point um, contest if it's on or the dunk contest if it's on. The dunk contest has kind of dropped so far uh, from when we loved it and, like, that was a heyday. Jordan free throw line, right? Dominique, Vince, who else did we have? Uh, I mean, just some of the most epic classic dunks. Now it's all about props. Let me bring a car out. Let me put four people here. And it's like it's it's not um, – it, it just that's not my style. doesn't do it for me. How about you? My, I'll definitely watch the All Star Game, thousand uh, percent. I'll be glued to that one and, and bet on it. I'll bet on the three point contest as well. Where are you taking? Uh, don't know yet. Haven't done my research. Uh, uh-huh. You know what you got to try uh-huh. to find. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Are you gonna text me before? If you if you'd like, yeah, text it to me. Okay, what do you mean? I can. Yeah, yeah, I can. Uh-huh. I traditionally have done well in the three point contest. Oh, and what you got to do is you just play two guys. That if you hit either of them, you're making money. Oh, okay. And, and what the strategy is, is don't think about, like, who you watch games. Who's got the most set shot that's the same every single time? And I remember, like, Marco Bellinelli. Remember him from the Spurs? I'm like, oh, oh my gosh, he's got that thing in a pocket. Like, even during games, that just lends itself to, like, less variable, same thing every single time. We'll talk about it later. Okay. I like um, it. I like it. But uh, You take two guys. I take two guys that you'll make money if either of them hit. Right. Um so we can talk a little bit more about that tomorrow. We can handicap it and have some fun. That's already got some really fun stuff lined up for tomorrow. Um, should we expect a different approach in addressing one major position group in April's draft? Sean Payton, our guys behind the scenes here, did a deep dive into Sean Payton's draft history in New Orleans. They invested a significant amount of draft capital into the offensive line during his tenure with the Saints. New Orleans drafted at least one center guard or tackle within the first three rounds in half of the drafts over 16 years. Juxtapose that to uh, Denver has not drafted an offensive tackle in five years. Make it uh, six. Well, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, so five drafts. Okay. The last tackle was Garrett Bowles in 2017. Uh, I would say yes. We will be putting a much more of a higher emphasis uh, on offensive line and drafting them. It's hard to find them in free agency. We know that. It's hard to find them in the draft. But I think your avenue to find them is a high, better in the draft than free agency. Yeah. Sean Payton's an offensive guy. 
That's what he does. He knows how important the offensive line is. So it's not like we have this defensive coordinator that's like, okay, uh, you know, whatever. Right? No, this is what Sean Payton does. He's an offensive guy, and I think there will be a big emphasis on offensive line and and trying to figure that out. And I think everybody here is like, yes, that's what we want. Uh, need to retool it. Look, it's not an easy thing to do. It's not. It's it's everyone's looking for good offensive linemen. Yep. It's a hard thing to figure out, and it's a hard um, position to evaluate. So. Uh, everyone's looking for good offensive linemen. It's hard to find, but yes, I think there will be a much higher emphasis on drafting linemen than we've seen in the previous five, six years. Not just tackles, guards, centers, whatever. Yeah, good quality linemen uh, will be at the top of the list. And, and I don't know if if this is true or not, but you look at the last couple coaches. Hackett doesn't count. Uh, he was here for one year. If you want to throw him in there for this past year, but the Broncos didn't have top picks this past year. But the past two coaches have been defensive coaches. Has there been, do you think, an emphasis on? I, I, I don't. I, I, Zach, I mean, what do? You, but what do you think? Like, who would we take um, uh, at number nine overall two years ago? Pat Sertan. Who was the coach? Vic Fangio. Right. He wanted to win now, and he wanted a impact player on that side of the football. Yep. I mean, there was no question. There's no doubt about that. So that lends itself to as a general manager to select that type of guy for your head coach. I remember George Payton turned right to Vic. Turned right to Vic. Vic, got you some corners, didn't I? Got you some corners. Exactly. Okay. Um, The Broncos' investments into their offensive line sort of remind me of some of the Rockies' investments, where you have really tried at points through the years, and some of the decisions that you've made just don't turn out to be the right ones. They they drafted Dalton Reisner in the second round. Best year was probably his rookie year and just never really develops into that Pro Bowl every year guy that, that we were told that he would be. Um, Lloyd Cushenberry drafted him at LSU, third-round pick. Quinn Miners, third-round pick. They've tried to pay the right tackle, throw some money at it year after year. It's just always the wrong guy from the Jared Valdeers or Juwan James. I mean, they really paid him out the nose to try to just solve it. That would be the biggest. Menelik Watson. Menelik Watson. Proposing. Uh, yes, proposing during a preseason game. Mm. Um, How could we forget? Uh, 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 Billy Turner. Um, I mean, there's been more players start at right tackle since 2014 than any other position on the Denver Broncos. So they got to fig- they got they got they have to figure it out, especially if you're going to fix Ross. That's probably where it starts. Yeah, and if you want to get this offense up to speed, but like you said, they they have you know invested in the line a little bit. I mean, you just got to pick the right guys, though. Right. I mean, that's what it boils down to. And uh, the one first round pick there is is Garrett Bowles, and he's turned out to be a solid left tackle. And then, you know, when you're throwing second and third rounders, obviously you're a little bit further away from the dartboard. It's hard to get it right. Doesn't mean that you can't because you can find quality linemen all through the draft. You you, you can. And that's just what they have to do. But, you know, they got Cushenberry. Third round, you said? Yep. Miners, third round. We'll see what Miners looks like moving forward, if he can just continue to develop and be like a staple at that right guard, hopefully for the next half decade or so. That would be huge, huge. for this team. And then Cushenberry is... You know, the other guy that um, is the unknown, 
right? And there was high expectations. He came from the best offensive line in college football. And they had uh, that was Joe Burrow, and mm-hmm. they were just unbelievable. And wasn't perfect out of the start from the start. And then I think this past year, unfortunately, he, you know, he got hurt. He did. And so it was hard to continue to evaluate him and if if he was going to be the guy moving forward or not. And he got hurt. So we'll see what it looks like this year when it comes to Cushenberry in the, in the center position. You know, if, if it's going to be his, if they're going to draft someone, try to replace him, or how they feel about him moving forward. But there was high expectations for him. Sir Lloyd. Sir Lloyd. Cushenberry the third. Yes. It's just yesterday, man. I know. Feels like just yesterday. And now... Um, you know, it's uh, it's up in there. It's a coin toss, just like our left guard is with Reisner. Are they going to bring it back? I mean, reports. I'm, I think I heard the drive and them talking about. You know, he's one of the highest rated guards in free agency, yeah, saw, top two or three yeah. or something like that. Yep. So he he's going to be on the market. He'll be um, you know probably have a high command. But what do you get in free agency? Often you pay top dollar for someone who's sort of middle of the road. And there's a reason that Dalton's available. That's all due respect. He had a n- nice run here. But typically, you don't see top-tier offensive linemen hit the open market like that. And when they do, and you're trying to fix your offensive line, you got to overpay for him. Dalton's a good player. He'll probably get paid like a great one. So, we'll see here. Uh, we'll we see if- how it plays out. Yeah. But I, I think it's it's another time to really um, you know commit to finding linemen. The problem is... Don't have a ton of draft capital, so it's no. not like we have, oh, yeah, we, we got three picks to spend on linemen this year. No, we really don't. Got a lot of holes to fill and not a lot of draft picks. Rex Ryan named in a report last night. Is he floating to the top of the candidate pool for next defensive coordinator for the Denver Broncos? A report says so. We'll take a dive into that coming up next. Sports Station 1043 The Fan presents Stokely and Zach. last night. So you had two different reports last night, both pertaining to the next uh, defensive coordinator for the Denver Broncos. The first one was, I think it was first, is that Rex Ryan is floating to the top of the candidate pool and is now considered a favorite. The exact wording, it was uh, from 7 o'clock last night from Ian Rappaport of the NFL Network. He said, quote, comeback? Question mark. Rex Ryan has emerged as a top candidate for the Broncos defensive coordinator job per me and Mike Garofolo. Ryan has been at ESPN after being fired by the Bills in 16. If all goes well, he could be headed back to the National Football League, end quote. Then you have the report coming from Mike Kliss that they want to interview Vance Joseph for the defensive coordinator job. Rex or Vance? Interesting. Um, Very. Yeah. I mean, I, I would prefer Rex. I think his resume is a lot better. Um, he's done it at a high level for a long time. 
And I'm not concerned with him taking, you know, six years off or so and getting back in the game after extended layoff. I think that's good for you. It provides, like, a little bit of motivation. You got to take a step back and evaluate how things went and what you would do different, all those types of things. Obviously, he's been involved in the game at, at ESPN. So um, I think it could be a positive. And if he wants to get back into it, I think he's highly motivated to get to do a great job. So for me, I think that would be a really good hire. With what we have right now, I would be I'd give two thumbs up for Rex Ryan. How, how do you view Rex Vance or anyone else right now? Uh, just to piggyback on what you said, I'd, I'd give uh, put uh, two toes up for Rex as well, or, or two thumbs up rather um, huh. uh, for Rex uh, for a lot of the things that you just said. Um, Here's what I'll say, too. Like, the idea of the time off, and I know that is scary to, to, to some folks. I heard Nate um, not, not not being scared of it, but, like, really, like, questioning, like, that doesn't bother you guys that he's just been on TV for six years? And I totally understand why he would say that. But, Stoke, it's, it's not going to go from being on the set of NFL Live to on Monday Night Football, like, day over day. Like, he's going to be switching his brain to a football coach and knock the cobwebs off for months in the offseason, and then you're going to get into, you know, uh, uh, mini camp and OTAs and then training camp and joint practices and preseason games before we the lights are ever really on. And by then, I would trust a guy who did it as long as he did it, to your point, to, to be able to figure it back out by then. Yeah. And he's look, this is what he does. He grew up around football with his dad being the head coach, Buddy Ryan forever. His brother's a coach. And this is what he does. This is what he loves to do. Um, he's not an analyst, right? I mean, he made some good money being a head coach, and I think he wants, wanted to stay involved and in the game, obviously, to possibly get back into it as a head coach. Yep. And he realizes it's not going to happen that way for him. And the only way to get back to being a head coach is to go the defensive coordinator route again. And that, that's the way to do it. But he's a coach. He's not an analyst. Who do you think it's going to be if you had your $5 to put on it right now? Who are you going with? Rex. I think I would also right now. I think Rex, and I probably think Let's next handicap 48 it. hours. Let's handicap it. You write down a next number. Next 48 hours? Next 48 hours yeah. we should know. Okay. Rex, Rex, and Vance. And Chris Richard. And I got to have Chris Richard in there also. He's a Saints guy. Um, I think it was with Peyton. Maybe a little bit in New Orleans, so he he knows them well. They did interview him, right? Yep, they did. So um, we can put uh, and just to catch you up uh, on who he just said, Chris Richard. Uh, this past year was the co-defensive coordinator in New Orleans for Dennis Allen, as well as secondary coach. He was the D-backs coach in 2021 uh, when Sean Payton was still coaching there. So they did spend some time together um, there in in New Orleans. Okay, I I got it handicapped. All right. Who goes first? I'll go first. Okay. What do you have? How how you have it handicapped? Uh I have Rex, the leader in the clubhouse at minus two hundred, Vance Joseph second at plus one ninety, and Richard at plus two fifty. Wow. Okay, we're a little bit different here. Uh, that's you got Rex as a big favorite, almost a Nikola Jokic three peat favorite there. Almost, uh, and Nikola is minus two fifty. Um, 
uh, right now, right around there. I got Rex as a minus 125. Oh, okay. Um, this is tight. I got Vance at plus 250. Okay. Okay, so, uh, and I got Chris Richard at plus 150. Oh. I just think that relationship sure. there with sure. him and Sean Payton before uh, with the Saints and, um, goes a long way here. Uh, so I got him in front of Vance. Um, and I got Rex as a, a I guess, a, a slight favorite. Not as much as you, uh, but definitely think he's the favorite. Yeah, I think we got to remember, too, like, you know, to your point about Chris Richard, like relationships matter. Sean Payton, when he was the head coach of New Orleans, he hired Rex Ryan's brother to be his defensive coordinator for a couple seasons there uh, down the the latter stretch of his of his time in New Orleans. I'd love to have both Ryans here. Let's go ahead and get Rex and Rob. Both of them. Let's do it. It's not that crazy because Rex has hired Rob before. Yes. So <laughs> get us- both of those guys. And I tell you, the players would, would love them. We'd love to play for them. Um, and they're really good football coaches. How do you and know Rob? So, um, I know Rob from um, the Senior Bowl. I mean, not the Senior Bowl. The um, uh, Blue Gray game. Uh, he was one of our coaches. The Blue Gray game. Yes, the All Star game. What the football All Star? Yeah. What? What do you mean? What? The huh? the Blue Gray game. Yeah. The All Star game. Football All Star game. Like during after the season's over. You know, you've Senior Bowl, Shrine Bowl. I wonder if Cecil Lammy's ever been to the Blue Gray game. Bet yeah. he has. <laughs> He's looking is... for talent. <laughs> Well, anyway, you're making fun of me right no, now. I, I, I'm not, no, yes, you legitimately are. Legitimately quizzical no. like what this is. I'm trying you're, to learn. You are making fun of me right now. That's what you're doing. That's what you're doing by by questioning, like, what bowl game I played in, this, you know, all-star game. You're like, all-star game? Yeah, like, that, I, I, I just I, had not heard of it. That's all. Well, it just doesn't. It's extinct. Okay. Right now. Okay. It's went the way of the dinosaur. Yes. Okay. Went, went the way of the white cornerback. <laughs> it's just extinct. I made the blue-gray game extinct just yes. like I made the white cornerback extinct, yes. right? That's what I do. Rest um, in peace, Jason Seymour. Yes, R.I.P. Um, 2003 sounds like the last uh, okay. time they had the game. Okay. And I was in it in um, 99. Yeah. Well, I guess, it, yeah, 98. It was It was at the end of 98, I think. Okay. Um, anyway. Uh, so I, he was he was coaching then um, he was coaching there. Uh, so they they got had college coaches. He was a coach at Oklahoma State. I put up three touchdowns on his head, oh and my. so um, he was showing respect all week to to, to Stokely. Wow! So, yeah, he was a defensive coordinator at Oklahoma State, and we played him that year. Not one, not two, but three three touchdowns yes. in the All Star game. No, against Oklahoma State in a real game. Oh. Oh yeah. Whoa. So Rob Ryan was the defensive coordinator for Oklahoma State, and so gotcha. But we had a connection right away because of that, and uh, you know. But I really did enjoy him, and then I watched him kind of go into the NFL, and yeah. I was with Rex Ryan in Baltimore. In Baltimore, he was so. the linebackers coach, right at the time that Super Bowl. Yes. I think. Yes, I think so. I think it was either that or D line. D line. It might have been one D-line. of those two. He eventually became D coordinator. That's right, and yes. then that's what led him to the Jets job. I believe. Yes, I think that is correct. But both of them really good football coaches. He had a damn good defense in New York, man. That defense was the the, the best of its time period. Yes. Like Brady couldn't beat him going to AFC Championship games. And Mark Sanchez, like, they were just tremendous. Um, okay. What George Payton may want in this upcoming draft may be much different than what Sean Payton wants in this upcoming draft. And we'll sort through it next. You're listening to Stokely and Zach on Denver's Sports Station, 1043 The Fan. I saw the light in a sunrise sitting back in a 40 on the muddy riverside. 
let the dogs run God's in. country. That line fires me up. The devil went down to Georgia, but he didn't stick around. That's good. That's good. That's good. You know who it is? I think I do. Blake Shelton? I think you are correct. All right. There we go. Getting off the snide here. Uh, Happy Thursday to you. It is Thursday. We are right around the corner. Um, Rolling downhill. Refreshed. You had to. Like right in the middle of the week, day off. That was so you look refreshed today, and <laughs> hopefully you join us tomorrow. Uh, guy takes one day, one day, eh, one yeah. day. You say that a lot lately, a lot more than you used to. You when's used last, to be a grinder when you last, first got on the scene. When's and the last you day that I missed? Soft when you went to the mall when you said your kid was sick. <laughs> that was months ago, and that actually didn't ah, happen. It did happen. You're, you keep spreading. You keep it spreading did. the same lie okay. over and was over your again. Kid sick. <laughs> Yes, and it was okay. my daughter. Right. Um, oh, it was. It was your daughter. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then, did you not go to the mall that day? Later that day, oh, I did. Okay. Yes. Okay. That's okay. These two That's things exist under the in the same universe. It's all good. Oh my See gosh! See how you know you got somebody on the ropes when they get this sensitive about it. It's okay. Take your days, enjoy them. Oh my god! You just don't like it. Like when I take my days, I'm taking them. I'm enjoying them. Yes. I'm I, hitting the streets. If I'm if I'm taking I'm a day, it's usually something's wrong. Like typically, no, typically, uh, typically, you've taken some golf days too. So I have not taken golf days. Ah, uh, it's another lie. <laughs> you, you look at me in my eyes and tell me you haven't taken golf days, Zach. Now that's the biggest lie ever. Now, what? a round might have intersected with the time slot. Oh, that doesn't necessarily mean I took the whole day to play golf. Gotcha. Okay. No, oh yes. my god. See, see what I deal with here. So, see what I deal with. Oh my gosh. I could go into explaining why. Yeah. Exactly. I exactly. Just, I could. You but could I'm not go going into explaining to. why you took a golf day instead of coming to work. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, my gosh. Okay. What George, George Payton wants in the draft, is, is that going to be the same thing as what Sean Payton wants? Do these guys want the same things at this same moment in time? Well, um, you know, that's a good question. And I think it's a relevant question. And um, my answer would be yes. My answer would be yes. George Payton knows that he has to be on the same page as Sean Payton. What page are you on, Sean? Are you on the win now? Let's go all in? Okay, cool. Let's do it. Here's my plan for that. Are you on the let's be patient and let's let's go about this thing methodically this first year and kind of figure things out and then, you know, we'll see where we're going to be following uh, 2023 with Russ in right. his situation. Are we moving forward with Russ or are we, uh, you know, totally – retooling the quarterback position. So, and George Payton would be on board with that. George Payton's a smart guy. He has got to work well with Sean Payton. Sean Payton has all the power. Right. So, I think however Sean Payton wants to roll, that's how George Payton's going to roll. How do, I mean, do what you, if, what, what do you if, think? so in general, I agree with you. Okay. What if Sean Payton took this job? Again, I'm, to, I'm just going to toss out an idea. I'm not saying that this was the case. What if... I've never seen someone swish the water around in their mouth mo- more than you. It's you, you treat it like Listerine, Whoa. and I can't figure out why. Whoa, wait, wait. Today I have. 
I have today. Like, like you'll take what? a swig of water and it's you just move it all around your mouth over the course of like five to seven seconds. Was that on air? No. Oh well, then why would you put it? Oh, like, on is blast? that the new rule? Okay, so so what? so only the only stuff that's going to translate on air can we bring up. I didn't. Did I say that's a new rule? I just asked if it was because I I for a second I didn't know if I turned it off or on. So that's I wanted to know why you because I've done it a bunch today. What's going um, on in there? Well, I've been eating um, a lot of um, peanuts. Okay. And so they get stuck in my teeth a lot. And so that's why I've been um, – Okay. And uh, so that's why. Do you think Sean Payton took this job? Was that really necessary to bring that much light and attention to it and, and cut off your thought um, for that I, I, when it wasn't even over the air? You You're know still salty about all the time you take off. I see it. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. You do this, and you've gotten me to do it. I don't know who is high. I'm regressing it's, to the meme. Derek Wolf is is like the most. Then it's Zach By. Stop. Then it's Mark Slareth. Stop. Serious. Stop. Wolfie is already setting. Like he he's he, he's the he's he's like the you know the the one that gets out and goes like in the bike race. What, what the 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 lead guy? I mean, like already, and he's just been here for a couple months, and he's like, like he's, holy cow. He's a sprinter, like right out the gates. Like, do you realize oh, another he, week? He's taking oh, another week. Do you, oh, do you, another one. Oh, do you realize he's taking from your vacation bank? <laughs> he's stealing from. You're gonna go to I submit get, some hey, days, and it's like, no, you and Derek let me took get that them chain. all. Give me that chain. I'm gonna take that vacation day from you. How many you got left? Yep, I'm gonna need both of those. Thank you. <laughs> do you think? Oh here's goodness. here's here's my question about Sean Payton and George Payton, and and how aligned are they really? Because in general, I agree with you. What page are you on? I like that. I like that. Like, like, what page are you on? That's the page I'm on. But do you think Sean Payton went into this process and into this job knowing that he was going to have to eat some crow in the first year, get through that first year, and then make it totally his own? As far as what do you mean by Sean Payton's going to have to eat some crow? Like, what does so, that explain so, that to me? So, and, and that's probably the wrong verbiage. But, like, yeah. I'm going to go through this first year, and I know I'm going to have George Payton. It's not always going to be like that, but for the first year, it's me and George Payton. No. For this first year, no. for this first year, it's me and Russell Wilson. It's not always going to be like that, but we're going to get through this year, and it's it might be it might be bad, and I understand that. I'm about the long haul. I'm not about who's in okay. place right now. I think he is about the long haul. Obviously, you're trying to win now, but he's got the big picture in mind. And I think I agree more with the Russell Wilson than I do the George Payton. I think he's, I think he'll be a okay with George Payton, and I don't think there'll be an issue there just as long as George Payton goes out and does a good job, right? If he does a good job, then I, I think it's it's all good, right? And Russell Wilson, that that to me is the one where hey. Same thing, really. You know, if Russell doesn't play well, okay, we're going to move on from Russell. We'll restart this process. I found Drew Brees and built him up and helped make him who he was, and we'll have to do the same thing here. So, um, but I, I'm not um, – the George Payton thing, obviously, it's – you have a one-year kind of look at yeah. if you're Sean Payton. Yep. Uh, but but I think he, he he's not um, of the mindset of – ready to move on from George Payton because him and George haven't worked together and he's looking at Jeff Ireland. I don't think that's the case here at all. Okay. You you may be right. Um, you may be right. I don't know. I think, I think that Sean Payton took this job with the understanding that the initial road might be a little bit bumpy. 
and eventually it'll, it'll even out, whether that's George Payton, Russell Wilson, or both of them. How could he have not have taken this job that it might be a little bumpy early on? Right. He's inheriting Russell Wilson. Right. And KKFN, KKFN, HD1, Longmont, Denver. Did I get it in time? Yes, I did. Yes, I did. I didn't even look. I was staying focused on you like that in a trance, but I was counting down in my head. The new time. And I knew it. You got it by the new time. And I knew it. That's the time that it's been. But I don't I, – I, of course, of course, Sean Payton has looked at this thing as, like, this is not an easy fix. I mean, this is it's, – it's not. You know, you have an aging quarterback that played awful last year, and you don't have a lot of – capital and assets to to try to fix this thing around right away so he has to take the long-term uh, view here and 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 i think he is committed to that while, while trying to win d-mac what's hey up, mr the, triple double the best part of that nuggets game because it was such an easy win and it was just such a cruise was following along with Jokic backdoor that triple double for brandon stokely i mean that was unbelievable that was right un- First of all, he goes out. They're up by 15. They only need maybe five or six more points or whatever to 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 get Yo- to get Jokic on the bench so he doesn't ever leave the bench in right. the fourth quarter because he ain't leaving. We're before the All-Star break. Guys are taking time off. So you needed, you needed a little bit of a comeback from those Dallas yes, Mavericks. Yes, I did. And it looked like Luka was barreling down 40 points, losing by 20. It looked like there was going. And there, here comes Jokic. But he is a long way to go. I mean, we need four yes, assists for you lot, when he right. comes back in. Four assists doesn't sound like a lot, but I mean, <laughs> yeah, it does. It, okay. It's a ton, <laughs> right? But no, but it it's is so though. Many. But like, no, but it, it, right, it, it, like you say, four. But four assists, like a lot, has to go your way for that to happen. Guys have to make shots. You have to have the ball. I mean, the offense has to run through you every time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. Yes. guys got to make shots. So I was sitting there next to Jake Shapiro from DenverSports.com, um, and the, the, the game's really over. But we are hanging on every single moment because we know what, <laughs> what it means to you. And I'm getting some, uh, you know, listeners are sort of having fun with it. And, and it's like, oh, my God, like seven. Oh, okay. Eight. And once you get to eight, eight's got to come organically. You can't, yeah, you can't right. force that. Right. Agreed. But once you get to eight, everybody sort of knows what's up. And he got to nine. And there was like three minutes to go. And I'm like, oh, my God, this looks good. And then he passes to Vlaco, who's wide open. Vlaco passes the ball. The whole bench, the whole Nuggets bench goes crazy because they realize everybody knows what's going on. Right. I mean, everybody knows. So the whole bench goes crazy on Vlaco, and Vlaco didn't quite realize it. So he looks over at the bench, and they're clowning on him. So Vlaco gets the ball back the next time. We just air Vlaco, sneaky hops with Vlaco Chanchar. And then he passes another to Vlaco. Vlaco misses it. Another to Vlaco. Vlaco misses it. Tick, tick, tick. We're losing. Tick, We're going to see a Sambor. <laughs> We're going to see a Sambor right here. Oh. We're not going to see a triple-double. And then Jokic just had enough of it. And God bless Bruce Brown cutting to the basket for the Dunkarooski to get that triple-double with about a buck 20 to go. Time out. Everybody out. There you go. Unbelievable. I mean, I, I, I had, I had, you must you have know. been freaking out. Well, I had uh, already given up on that. I mean, it, didn't, it looked like it was have. done. We were texting back and forth have. at halftime, and I'm like, this is, you know, I'm not really holding my breath on this one. And it and was then, exactly what I thought it was going to be. Right. And, All right, go ahead. Uh, no, but it was, it was just one of those things that was um, – I went for it, and it looked like you were all over it. And then, but but like well, Zach I was and I, all over it. No, it I was know. just you crazy. were for a little bit, but Zach, <laughs> but but it didn't turn out that way. But here's the thing now, uh, and Zach and I were talking about it earlier. Is 
when they when it gets close at the end, they go out of their way now to get him that triple double. Whereas in the past, that wasn't the case. Like everyone's aware of it, and everyone's trying, to, especially in a game like that. Yeah, where you know a lot of times you just sit him, but not anymore. They're going uh, for those triple doubles now. Malone, you're you're lucky on this one, and everybody is for the triple double because Malone's a little paranoid. That dude, that cat, he's he's a little paranoid about stuff. So Jokic is going to stay in that game. I'd say Zach. 15, up 15 with a buck and a half to go. Anything less than that, you know, Jokic is going to stay in there. Malone is that paranoid about stuff that he's just going to make it. Uh, and he has every right to be with some of the leads that they've blown. Eh, right? You know, it's just the way the NBA is, right, man? You hit three, it is. You hit three threes in a row and nine points, and all of a sudden it's something, something different. But, you know, the fact that, I mean, you know, guys, look what they're doing. The fact that they've won 25 straight, 25 straight when Jokic has a triple-double. I mean, are you kidding me? The, the most in NBA history now. Just past Magic Johnson. Right. I mean, we realize what territory we're in for this MV3, right? I mean, it's only Wilt, Bird, Bill Russell. Hasn't happened in more than 40 years. I mean, what are we talking about here? And how can you possibly deny him getting the MVP? You can't. It's, it, you, with you, 23 games to go? You can't. You can actually, it's to the point with Jokic, where you could remove any one argument and still build an ultimate MVP case. So you can take out the advanced stats. The advanced stats scream that he's the MVP. You can literally remove it and just talk about the raw stats. You can just talk about the impact on winning. You can talk about the wins themselves. Awesome. I mean, this guy is the, the best player on the best team in the best conference, and he's averaging a triple-double while he's doing it. And here's the other thing. If you didn't vote other nuggets to be all-stars, mm-hmm. you almost have to vote Jokic for MVP. <laughs> it makes it even a stronger point. Congratulations, Stoke. I just want to say, man, we were rooting for you. We definitely weren't root, know, rooting against you. It was, yeah, it was a good way, um, it, it, you know, it was a good way to um, finish the night off. That was, <laughs> that was for sure. I needed it because I had already counted that as an L. Uh, right, those are nice. Uh, rightfully so. Here's, nice. here's, guys, this is what's crazy. How easily are they winning games? Against some good teams. I mean, like, there have been a handful of close games. But, I mean, like, how would you factor in getting through a season winning games and the degree of easiness? And I understand you want to be tested into the playoffs. And, by the way, in their last 23 games, I mean, it's 10 at home, 13 on the road, five-game East Coast roadie. You know, they're going to get tested. They're, they're going to get calloused up a little bit. But to be able to take the stress off in so many of these games – I think that's a positive, man. I don't think they're burned out. I think they're feeling great. I just, I just don't know how they could be in possible better position going into the All-Star break. No, they're going to get some time off. Aaron Gordon's basically going to get two weeks off. Jamal's going to get like three weeks off. I'm sure you guys are going to discuss whether that's a good thing or not um, as he doesn't feel comfortable what do you on think his about knee. That? I don't know what to think. I Does think that, that concern you? you know, of course. Yeah. I mean, is there an actual injury? Has that been reported? Or is it just like doubting the structure of your knee when you play on it and it's not the surgically repaired knee? So we're going to talk more about that tomorrow. I know Stokely and I are, but like when you don't, like Jamal took a really long time to come back, way longer than normal. And I was okay with it because of the timetable and you'd be jumping on a moving train going 100 miles per hour going into the playoffs last year. But if you're this much time removed even from coming back and there's still an issue and you don't feel comfortable, how can you feel comfortable about it? 
Of course it's concerning. Of course it's concerning. I mean, this is a guy who just spent over 15 months rehabbing that injury, and throughout the entire process, mentally, he struggled with it. So if that's the juncture we've arrived at with the non-surgically repaired knee, it's a giant concern. It has to be. How could it not be? However, it would have been a great time at the trade deadline to maybe go address possibly getting another lead guard in here, possibly another ball handler in case something happens like that, D-Mac. That would have been good, but they got Reggie Jackson off the buyout market. Hopefully it helps them. Hopefully it does. You just look around the league, and there were a lot of teams that were a lot more creative, and you know it felt like it was an arms race in the Western Conference. So we'll see how it plays out, but I thought it was a good win. Important for the Nuggets that Michael Porter Jr. has strung together some better play here over the last month or so. You got that right. And let's see how oh that God, comes out of the All-Star break. Hey, and by the way, nice words from Thomas Bryan, who wasn't trying to diss on the Lakers. He wasn't. But instantly, this guy who's brand new, talked about the chemistry, the family feeling, guys lifting themselves out, coaches that are supporting you. And I don't think he was trying to dog on the Lakers. But, I mean, come on, man. How about this, guys? Somebody, a player, a young player, who's excited to leave the Lakers for the Nuggets. When was the last time something like that happened? It's pretty toxic in L.A. right it, now. It, it is. Yeah. We kind of talked about yeah. that in the crosstalk briefly yesterday. But, I look, I was very bullish um, on the Thomas Bryant edition. I think he's a good fit for this team right now. Like, when th- these non-Jokic minutes, you're not trying to you're not reinvent sounds, the wheel. Yeah, I was yeah, gonna say, yeah. And, and yeah. Um, but what I'm about to say sounds really, really silly, and I understand that. But you're not even trying to like win. You're trying to stay above water yep. while he's not on the floor. When he's on the floor, the Nuggets are amazing. So you just don't. But these, and we referenced this real briefly last week. Like too often in the past couple of years, like these three, four minute stretches of the bench, they can break your back. They can flat out break your back, and you're trying to get to a point of almost neutral. But here in the last two games, um, I'd have to look at the numbers, but it was like it's like outscoring the um, – who did they play two games back? Um, uh, I forget, but it was outscoring – uh, No, that was three games back. Um, Orlando? Um, nope, no, that was that four was, games back. That was a loss oh, four okay. games back. Uh, 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 Miami. Miami. There you Miami. go. Thank you, Drew. So it was, like, it was like they outscored the Miami bench. It was like 32-6. to six. Now you're seeing them again um, being a part of wins. So – I'm I'm just really encouraged, but here's what where I ultimately fall with the Jamal stuff and the level of concern. This team is not winning a championship without Jamal Murray. Bottom line, I, I just, oh, not, oh. It, they are not winning an NBA championship. No you way. look at the historical construct of title teams. If the Nuggets went on to win a championship, they would almost already be bucking a trend because four about four out of every five championships, you actually have multiple Hall of Famers. Jamal's never been an All Star. Never got through that consistency be, to be named an all-star. If you take him out of the mix and your second option is Aaron Gordon, as good as he has been, and this has been unequivocally the best year of his career, you're just not winning a championship. I'm sorry. So that guy needs to be healthy. You know, um, one of the upsides, though, of AG and Jamal being out is it really has given a nice opportunity for Michael Porter Jr. to be that second guy. Yeah. And I think he's risen to that occasion. His talent, guys. I mean, I know that's every what everybody's been talking about this guy forever. But he's going to the hoop stronger. He he's is. like realizing yeah. his size. He's so long. He's playing defense much better. Then he admitted just the other day, hey, my three is not really going. I got to do some other stuff. Okay, great. But let's not sleep on how great his three actually is. And when he gets that going, he, he hits a couple of three-pointers in any one quarter. It's, it's unreal what that does for the team. And you know what's interesting about Michael Porter? You realize he's always open. 
Because nobody can really defend this guy. Because everybody knows he's not moving from the three-point line also. He's not going to back cut you and get to the rim. So so, so that has been the case. But here in just these last couple weeks. You've seen him move more off ball. No, and and I'm seeing him take guys to the basket. Like he did it last night with a Euro step. Again, the Charlotte game. He straight up took it to the basket and bullied um, Caleb Martin. I think it's Caleb. Caleb Cody. Good. Uh, And it's just like, damn, like he is. He's looking more comfortable as an athlete. I have it in my notes. He's looking more comfortable as a human being and just mm, moving and being aggressive. Fantastic. And, yeah. uh, because he looked really stiff at uh, coming back from the injury. Malone talked about that last night. Just he's It's just night and day from where, where he was till he is now. He does look more fluid and back from the injury, more confident, more aggressive, just more, more, more. And I know he's going through a tough deal with his brother right now. So I think just in, in light of everything and stepping up when Jamal and AG are out and there's Michael Porter Jr. like we wanted Michael Porter Jr. He's not backing down from it. You, it's huge. And, and then, of course, KCP. Uh, you know, it was funny last night. Malone goes, well, we give the defensive player of the game chain, you know, to different guys. But you, really, you realize we could just give it to KCP. It really should be the KCP DOG. Yeah. And I'm like, I well, yeah, I got close. I don't, don't, don't hold me to all the letters. KCP DPOG. There you go. Oh, That's all right. It's a great team, man. If and if you're if you're late to this party, it's okay. There's room for you. Look, there's room for you. Oh yeah, uh, the last thing that we should be doing, anyone in this town, gate- is gatekeeping yeah. the freaking Denver Nuggets <laughs> for real. That would be weird. Yeah, that would be weird. I Most mean, of the Metro can't even watch them still. So yeah, exa- let's keep that in mind. Right. I mean, you're talking about the best first half before an All Star break in franchise history. Yep. Damn good start. Job not finished. Job finished. Job, Job not, not finished. finished. Before before we lose you, uh, VJ or Sexy Rexy. Rex by a no, mile. Yeah. Okay. Hold on, hold on, hold on. What has Vance done? Vance was a terrible coordinator in Miami. They hired him anyway. It was terrible here. You were the most blown out team in football. And then he's got the 31st ranked points per game defense this year. Like, what the hell are we talking about? Yeah. Sexy Rex, Rexy or uh, Rex, Rex all, all day. It hasn't changed for me all week. I, right. I just, I was actually very surprised to see that. Very surprised to see that. Well, I'll tell you why it should be VJ. Next.